On what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Inside the Diamond. This is the fifth episode of the show. I'm your host, Colin Sumler. On today's show, I'll first start off by telling you about the latest news in the MLB. We'll get into spring training, power rankings, and more that's all coming up on UCM The Beat. So let's first start off by talking about spring training games over the past week. I divided them up into days to make it easier for myself and to make it less boring for you guys. So let's get right into it. The Royals lost both of their games on March 14th, losing to the Mariners and the Cincinnati Reds. Zach Greinke went four innings against the Reds, allowing one run, one hit, and seven strikeouts. That's a pretty good start. It's not quality, but he probably reached his pitch limit because in spring training, of course, the rules are different as there is a pitch limit for pitchers much like the World Baseball Classic, but we'll get to that just a teeny tiny little bit. The Royals ended up losing 5-3. to three. They also lost to the Mariners 8-6. to six. Brad Keller did not pitch well at all. I'm going to be honest. He sucked. He went two and two-thirds, allowing four hits on two runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. Now the Royals have done a very good job of limiting the walks, which is good going into the season. You know, you want to limit the walks, of course. The Tigers beat the Red Sox 6-2. Rymel Tapia hit a leadoff home run for the Red Sox. Rob Refsiner also hit a home run in that game. The Tigers were down 2-1, entering the bottom of the eighth with a very low percentage of winning, and they scored five runs. The players who drove in those runs in that inning were mostly backup players, so I'm not going to go into the score. I'm not going to go into how they scored whatsoever because nobody cares about backup players the Orioles beat the Pirates seven to six the Orioles scored five runs in the second inning the only notable player for the Orioles to drive in a run in the second was Adley Rutschman now guys this kid is absolutely incredible all right this kid he's I don't even know what to say about him because he's so that he's that good the Pirates tried to fight back but couldn't overcome that deficit despite a four-run third inning. The Cardinals tied the Astros 3-3. Alex Bregman drove in a run for the Astros as part of their three-run sixth inning. The Pirates also tied the Twins 2-2. Dang, two ties within, man, five games. Two for five. Dang, that's unfortunate right there i don't even know how you tie in spring training the twins also lost to the tampa bay rays seven to four the rays scored three runs in the fifth and three runs in the seventh one run in the second as well the twins scored two in the second and two in the ninth and that was pretty much the closing deal guys twins what happened come on guys i thought you were supposed to be good you're supposed to beat the tampa bay rays Apparently not. The Braves absolutely destroyed, yes, I said destroyed, the Phillies 15-5. The Braves scored four runs in the first, three in the fourth, seven in the fifth, and one in the eighth. Of the notable players, Marcel Ozuna doubled in Ozzie Albies and Vaughn Grissom. Sam Hilliard also singled in Ozuna as part of the three-run inning, of course. Excuse me, the four-run inning. The Phillies attempted to make a comeback in the first with a two-run homer by Nick Castellanos, but they couldn't complete the comeback. In fact, they got even further away from completing the comeback. The Nationals shut out the Mets 5 to nothing. It was all backup players. The Nets scored one in the fifth, one in the eighth, and three in the ninth. So a lot of one-run innings for the Nationals and In order to win a game in baseball, you have to score more than two runs in a single inning. Otherwise, your win percentage just goes down the drain. Of course, the Royals are masters at comeback, but anyway, moving on. The Marlins beat the Astros 1-0. The only run of the game was a home run by Avisayo Garcia. 
Yes, he is still playing. I don't even know why he's still playing, to be honest. He's a dinosaur at this point. He's been on the White Sox. He's been on the Brewers. That's pretty much it for his career. But he's played for a long, long time. So, The Angels beat the Guardians 8-6. to The Angels scored two runs in the first, courtesy of a two-run homer by Jared Walsh. The Guardians were winning 6-4 to entering the ninth inning and did what they're good at doing. <laughs> they choked. They choked it away by giving up four runs in the ninth and couldn't get anything going in the bottom half of the inning, leading to them losing 8-6. to Guardians. The choking has got to stop, guys, okay? You've been choking ever since your franchise even started. You choked the World Series against the Chicago Cubs in 2016. How'd you do that? The Cubs hadn't won a World Series in 108 years. You proceeded to choke it away. You had a three games to one advantage. But no. Terry Francona just had to ruin it, didn't he? Yeah, blame Terry Francona all you want. But your bullpen just did not do good. The White Sox beat the Athletics 5-4. to four. Hanser Alberto had a home run for the White Sox. Yes, he is still playing. But the highlight of this game was a walk-off sack bunt. Guys, I'm not making this up. There was a walk-off sacrifice bunt by none other than the probably one of the fastest players in the entire MLB in Billy Hamilton. The Giants beat the Diamondbacks 7-6. J.D. Davis hit a three-run homer in the top of the fourth inning to give the Giants a 3-1 to lead. And let's be honest, guys, they never looked back. The Yankees annihilated the Blue Jays 10-3. to The Yankees scored six runs in the first inning, and the Blue Jays just couldn't get anything going. D.J. LeMayhew homer to lead off the game. Josh Johnson then proceeded to hit a three-run homer. Oh, and then it gets even better. A minor leaguer named Estevan Florial homered. They certainly lived up to their nickname of the Bronx Bombers. In fact, guys, fun fact. Fun fact of the day, actually. All 13 runs in this game came on the home run ball. I know, very shocking. Finally, the Rockies beat the Cubs 5-2. to two. Let's move on to the Wednesday games. The Rangers beat the Royals 4-3. to three. Is anybody really surprised? Nope, not me. The game was tied 3-3 three to three in the ninth inning, and then walk-off homer happened, so that unfortunately did not bode well for the Royals. But they were still doing good prior to that, you know. I mean, you don't have a 15-5 and five record in the Cactus League for no reason. The Red Sox beat the Rays 9-1. to The Red Sox scored three in the first, one in the third, two in the sixth, and three in the seventh. And the Rays' only run of the game came in the top of the fourth inning, courtesy of a Daniel Robertson double. Adam Duvall hit a home run in this game, and Rymel, excuse me, Rob Refsnyder had a basis-clearing double in the bottom of the first, and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin. Bobby Dahlbeck had a triple to center field. Ryan Maltapia scored all the way from first base. Reese McGuire then hit a sacrifice fly to drive in Bobby Dahlbeck, and that was pretty much it for the starters. The Astros beat the Braves 9-3. Rob, excuse me, Spencer Strider did very impressive in this he was very impressive in this game. He went three and two-thirds, gave up six hits, two runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Eight strikeouts is pretty good for a young guy. The notable players in this game, Ozzy Albies, obviously. Matt Olson went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Ozzy Albies went 1 for 3 with an RBI and a walk. Austin Riley went 1 for 1 with two walks. Yes, guys, if you did not know that, um, walks do not count as at-bats. The Phillies beat the Yankees 9-8. Nick Castellanos singled to left field to drive in Brandon Marsh. Then Nick Castellanos came home courtesy of a Josh Harrison single to left. 
Aramis Garcia walked to drive in Jake Cave. And finally, Brandon Marsh had a bases-clearing double to put the Phillies up 7 to nothing in the first inning. The Yankees would answer with a double of their own. Oswaldo Cabrera drove in Aaron Judge. And then after that, the Yankees started to climb back in the bottom of the sixth inning. They scored four runs in that inning. Anthony Volpe, who is one of the best young prospects I think I've ever seen play the game, single to left field. Estevan Florial scored, and Jake Bowers went to second base. That made it 7-3. to three. By the end of the inning, it was 7-5, to five, and the Yankees actually took the lead in the bottom of the eighth and they choked it away, leading, giving up a home run to Madison Stokes in the top of the ninth. And finally, Jim Haley grounded out to third base for Leandro Pineda to score, making the score 9-8, to eight, and the Yankees couldn't get anything done in the bottom of the ninth. The Blue Jays... Beat the Pirates 7-1. Is anybody real surprised there? I know I'm not surprised. Whit Merrifield had a RBI double driving in Kevin Bishop. Vlad Jr. then doubled in Whit Merrifield. Nathan, Lo- Nathan Lukes tripled in Kevin Bishop. Then Whit Merrifield hit a sacrifice fly to center field, and that made the score 4 to nothing. And the... Blue Jays pretty much never looked back after that, and it ended up being a blowout, pretty much. The Cardinals beat the Mets 4-1. Justin Verlander was the starter for that game. Justin Verlander went five innings, gave up one hit, no walks, and eight strikeouts. Justin Verlander is one of the best pitchers. I think he is going to be... If he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I am protesting the MLB forever. That was the last games of the Wednesdays as eight games got canceled. Let's move on to Thursday. Man, this one's going to hurt. The Royals shut out the Athletics 2 to nothing. Framil Reyes had an RBI in that game. The Cardinals beat the Cardinals lost to the Astros 3 to nothing. The Rays beat the Twins 2 to nothing. The Rays also beat the Braves 5 to 1 because the Rays had a split squad game. And for those of you who do not know, split squad is basically the team splits into two. You know, you got minor leaguers in one game and you got major leaguers in the other. The Diamondbacks beat the Cubs 3-1. to That's a real shocker to me because the Diamondbacks are pretty much one of the worst teams. The Guardians beat the White Sox 5-1. to The Padres beat the Rockies 7-1. to I'm not surprised by that result right there. The Padres are one of the best teams in the MLB this year. I think they're going to be a very good team and going to be hard to beat in the NL West. They are finally on the level of the Dodgers. The Mariners and Giants tied 0-0. Like, we've already had three ties within two days. How does that even happen? The Angels beat the Brewers 3-2. The Nationals beat the Mets 3-0. The Orioles beat the Blue Jays 7-4. The Phillies absolutely dominated the Tigers 10-1. The Pirates beat the Yankees 9-6. And the Rangers beat the Dodgers 3-1. I don't even know how the Dodgers lost that game. They just couldn't get an offense going. The Angels dominated the Royals on Friday 12-1. And after that, Jonathan Heasley, who was the starter in that game, was optioned to AAA and very much deserving so. I mean, the guy had a 17 ERA in starts. 17. If you, if you have an ERA of 17 or more, you don't belong in the majors. You belong in the minors for life. I'm sorry, but that's just me. The Nationals beat the Astros 11-7. to That was a very close game. 
The Pirates beat the Rays 6-2. The Orioles beat the Twins 5-3. The Blue Jays beat the Phillies 4-2. The Braves dominated and shut out the Red Sox 8-0. The Tigers beat the Yankees 8-7. The Phillies also beat the Blue Jays 8-1. The Phillies are looking very solid. They're looking like a very good team. I think they're going to be a very tough team to beat, like I said. Once Bryce Harper comes back from his Tommy John surgery, though, they are going to compete. The Cardinals dominated the Marlins. Get this, guys. The final score was 16-2. to I feel like spring training should have a mercy rule. If a team is winning by, like, eight or more in the seventh inning, the game should be over. The Dodgers beat the Cubs 9-7. That was a very close game. I don't even know how that was a close game because the Dodgers are supposed to be good, but I think they're starting to show a little bit of their weakness. The Brewers beat the Rangers 4-3, and the Cubs also tied with the White Sox as the Cubs also had a split squad game, as I said before. In the Battle of Chicago, 4-4, Brewers beat the Rangers 4-3. The Diamondbacks beat the Rockies 4-2. The Mets beat the Marlins 6-1. The Reds beat the Guardians 7-1. And finally, rounding out Sunday's games, the Mariners beat the Padres 10-5. The Royals beat the Rockies 8-5, and they also lost to the Rockies 6-3 as there was another split squad game. That's three split squad games in six days. And they've done a very good job for the most part, you know, not giving up blocks. The Red Sox beat the Orioles 9-6. to They also lost to the Rays 3-1. to How do you lose to the Orioles? I mean, yes, they are a very talented team, but still, I thought with the Red Sox pitching, they would at least try to put up a fight. But nope. The Marlins dominated the Nationals, shutting them out 7-0. The Pirates beat the Twins 7-4. The Blue Jays beat the Yankees 5-2. The Reds beat the Athletics 7-1. The Giants beat the Cubs 5-1. The Dodgers beat the White Sox 6-4. The Dodgers are are starting to show a little bit of their strength now. Because it's hard to beat the White Sox. The Diamondbacks beat the Guardians 6-4. The Rangers beat the Angels 6-2. The Padres beat the Brewers 11-6. The Braves beat the Phillies 5-1. The Mets shut out the Astros 2-0. And finally rounding out Saturday's games. The Guardians beat the Mariners 5-4. Now for Sunday's games. The Royals lost both games. They lost to the Diamondbacks 13-2 and the Rockies 7-0. The Rockies game only lasted six innings due to rain. The Nationals beat the Tigers 2-1. The Orioles beat the Pirates 8-0 on Sunday, like I said. They also beat the Yankees 5-3. The Rays shut out the Blue Jays 1-0. The Red Sox... Beat the Phillies 9-5. The Braves beat the Twins 5-0. The Cardinals beat the Mets 8-7. That was a pretty close game. Closer than I expected because the Mets are one of the most talented rosters in the entire MLB. The Guardians beat the Rockies 3-1. That's no shocker there. But what really surprises me is the Athletics beat the Dodgers 6-3. I don't understand how that could happen other than the fact that the Dodgers pitching is just not as good as it used to be. Their bullpen is kind of weaker with them losing Kenley Jansen, you know, that star closer of theirs. Moving on, the Marlins beat the Astros 5-4. to The Guardians beat the Rockies 3-1. to Oh, I already said those. My bad, guys. The Cubs beat the Padres 5-2. The Giants beat the Angels 9-6. The Rangers beat the 
Mariners 2-1. The White Sox also beat the Mariners 6-2. And finally, rounding out Sunday's games, the Brewers beat the Reds 4-3. We're going to take a quick break from spring training games, and let's talk about the World Baseball Classic, because interestingly, there's some different rules in this one. So, let's talk about the rules. Aside from the limits... Okay, so there are some rules on pitcher usage because, you know, spring training is right smack dab in the middle of the World Baseball Classic. Here's the first round. First round, maximum of of 65 pitches per game during pool play, maximum of 80 pitches per game during the quarterfinal round, maximum of 95 pitches during the championship round, Minimum of four days rest after a pitch after a fifty pitch outing, minimum one day rest after a thirty pitch outing, and no pitching back to back to back days at any point. Pitchers have gotten hurt in the World Baseball Classic. Drew Smiley suffered a flexor strain at the twenty seventeen World Baseball Classic and later had Tommy John surgery. Aside from the limits on pitcher usage, WBC rules Largely mirror MLB's rules. The WBC will feature the three batter minimum, the universal designated hitter, an automatic runner at second base and extra innings, and replay review. For replay, each team gets one challenge per round, per game, excuse me, during pool play and the quarterfinal round. They get two challenges per game in the championship round. Now, there are two key differences between the WBC rules and MLB's rules. First, MLB's new rules instituting a pitch clock, a ban on extreme infield shifts and larger bases will not be enforced at the WBC. It will feature the same pitch clockless and infield shift-heavy baseball we saw last year and all the years prior to that. And second, there is a mercy rule during pool play, but not the quarterfinal or the championship rounds. If a team leads by 10 or more runs after the 7th inning or 15 or more runs by after the 5th inning, the umpires can end the game. Puerto Rico mercy ruled USA during the 2009 World Baseball Classic with a final score of 11-1. to Those are just some of the differences. Now, guys, in other news, we got some major injuries to talk about. Edwin Diaz suffered a... Complete tear of his patellar tendon, and he will miss the entire season. And in other news, Jose Altuve is expected to miss some time after a thumb fracture after he got hit by a 96-mile-an-hour fastball right smack dab in the knuckles. That is really going to hurt the Astros at second base. I'm sorry, Astros fans, but it's the truth. All right, guys, we're going to take... We're going to take another, excuse me, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, I'll be talking about power rankings. Plus, I'll tell you some comparisons from last season and this season in terms of numbers. Now, what numbers are those? I'm going to talk about those. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat. Did you know that it costs $0 to make someone smile? A simple act of kindness can go a long way. You may walk past tons of people a day, not even knowing their story. Someone could probably be having one of the worst days, but a simple compliment on their outfit or even helping them out with a small task can change a bad day to a good one. No matter what, always try to give your neighbor a reason to smile. Tobacco use affects youths all across the United States. Millions of youth are at risk for disease and even death due to tobacco use. Talk to your kids about tobacco use and how it can affect their lungs. Help keep the future of this nation safe from tobacco-related illnesses. According to a study by IBM, 95% of all cybersecurity breaches result from human error. That adds up to about $3.13 million of loss in 2020 alone and accounts for acts like downloading infected files or software and storing weak passwords in easy-to-find places. When everything is online, you can't afford to not be. Protect yourself and others online. Learn more and how at CISA.gov. 
Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped, childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. It's Meals on Wheels. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Blood drives are a significant event. 4.5 million people need a transfusion each year. One out of seven people entering a hospital need blood, and only 37% of the United States population is eligible to donate blood. It only takes about an hour to save a life. Even one pint of blood can save up to three people's lives. So, if you want to help, please visit redcrossblood.org to set up an appointment today. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station, UCM The Beat. Keep it locked. UCM The Beat. All right, guys, welcome back to Inside the Diamond. Let's talk about power rankings first. And at number 30, we got the Colorado Rockies. I'm not surprised there because here's the thing. The Rockies, this they they suck. Okay, I, I don't even know what to say other than that. The Rockies are absolutely horrendous. Their roster is not very good. The only good player they have on their roster as of right now is Chris Bryant. One player does not make a team. A team is basically everybody contributes. You cannot you cannot have one player just drive in every single run. You have to have multiple guys driving in every single run. But when one guy has to do it, it just tells you that it just tells you that the team sucks playing. Number 29, the Cincinnati Reds. I think the reason they're so low is because of their pitching. And as I've said before, shout out to my grandfather for this um, quote right here. Good pitching will always, always beat good hitting. And I agree with that. When I don't think the... I don't think the Reds have much of a bullpen, nor do they have a much of a starting rotation. They have Luke Maley. That's about it. At number 28, I'm going to have the Washington Nationals. The Nationals don't really have anyone significant on their roster after they lost Juan Soto to the trade deadline. They lost into Milwaukee. Excuse me. No, not Milwaukee. Come on, somewhere. Think. It was the San Diego Padres. They lost him to the San Diego Padres, and that kind of hurt their chances. 
Joey Manessis is a good player, but he's up there in age. Because, you know, it takes a while to get to the MLB. And by the time he debuted, he was probably like 29 or 30. So he'd been playing baseball for quite some time. And Joey Manessis is a good player from Mexico, of course, in the World Baseball Classic. I'll talk about the World Baseball Classic in just a teeny, tiny little bit. Number 27, I'm going to have the Arizona Diamondbacks. The reason I say Diamondbacks are at number 27 is because of this. They're too young right now to compete. They have some good players like Seth Beer. Yes, that is the name, Seth Beer. Not beer like the drink, although it is spelled that way. At number 26, I'm going to have the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox just... I. After losing Jose Abreu, I don't think they're much of a team, in my opinion. Yes, they still have some good players like Tim Anderson. They also have Mike Clevenger, who has not cleared any sort of protocol yet to come back. Also, they have Andrew Benintendi, one of the best players, I think, on that roster. Aside from Tim Anderson, they also have Mike... They have, they have a strong starting rotation, Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito. They also have Dylan Cease, who is one of the best young pitchers I've seen. He's got good control. But other than that, they don't really have much of a roster. At number 25, the Texas Rangers. I put the Rangers here because of their bullpen. Their starting rotation is pretty much locked in. Jacob DeGrom is going to be the ace. Nathan Evaldi is going to be the number two starter. There's some other players on there that are very good, like Marcus Simeon. You have Corey Seager on that team. Number 24, I'm going to go with the Oakland Athletics. I know what you're saying. Why is this so high? Well, truly, it's because I didn't have anywhere else to put them. I already put all the other teams in a place where I think they belong. The A's just, they, they have a horrible roster. They don't, <clears throat> they lost Sean Murphy. All right. Who's a pretty good catcher. He's a pretty good catcher as well, but they have no pitching, no pitching zilch. They lost one of their best starters in Sean Manaya to free agency last season. And we see how that turned out for them. It turned out terrible. The Pittsburgh Pirates are at number 23. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. Because it's the Pirates have some good players. Like they have Andrew McCutcheon back. They have Carlos Santana, one of the most patient hitters in the entire MLB. They have Key Brian Hayes, good young player. But other than that, they don't have anyone. At number 22, the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles are one of the most talented rosters, I think. But look at who they have. Cedric Mullins, Adley Rutschman, John Means. They have some very good players. As well as Drew Holiday, who, if you don't know, his father is Matt Holiday, former St. Louis Cardinal. At number 21, the Boston Red Sox. I put the Red Sox here because looking at their shortstop situation, they lost Xander Bogarts, and they brought in a very injury-prone Adalberto Mondesi. Just ask Royals fans. They know the experience of a injury-prone shortstop. Anyways, moving on. The Red Sox, yes, they have a good roster. You know, They have Chris Sale. They have some pretty good hitters. They have Alex Verdugo. But that's pretty much it in terms of in terms of hitters that they have. They have Kike Hernandez as well. I completely forgot about him. And number 20, the Philadelphia Phillies. I think the Phillies belong here. This is a good spot for them until Bryce Harper at least returns from injury. Reese Hoskins is also on that team. Bryce Harper who, as I mentioned before, is going to come back from Tommy John surgery in a few months. We also got 
Nick Castellanos on that team. You have Zach Wheeler, one of the best pitchers in the entire MLB. Yes, I think everyone is good. Everyone in the major leagues is, should be good at least. Number 19, the Kansas City Royals. I put them here because of how young they are. Their roster is good, but it's not great. I'm being honest here as a Royals fan. I hate putting my team in this position, but I have to because of their young roster. Their pitchers are okay. Their offense does not worry me whatsoever. It's the pitching that scares me. All right. Because last year the Royals were near the bottom of the league in first pitch strikes. When you don't have when you don't throw first pitch strikes, nine times out of ten, you're gonna walk the guy and get into a big jam, and then you're gonna start throwing the ball all over the place. Throwing the ball all over the plate, and that's not a good sign at all for any pitcher, really. Number eighteen, the Minnesota Twins. I put them here because well, their bullpen is just a little bit better, but it's not very much. Their starting rotation is pretty good. Their lineup is kind of iffy. They're filled with veteran guys like Carlos Correa is on that team. Boo. Cheater. You also have Gary Sanchez, a very talented catcher slash designated hitter. That's pretty much it in terms of the batting order, in my opinion. Number 17, we got the Tampa Bay Rays. I put them here because, quite simply, when I watched them last postseason, their offense was horrendous. I mean, how in the world do you have a game that goes into the 15th inning that is no score? Zilch! There's no score. And you lose on a walk-off homer. Like, your offense has got to be pathetic. Wander Franco's still pretty young, and he needs some more time to develop. Number 16, I'm going to have the Detroit Tigers because, well, the Tigers have a young roster. They have Spencer Torkelson, Casey Mize, two good young players. Other than that, their bullpen is their bullpen is just not good. And in order for me to have a team that's high, you have to have a good bullpen. And as I said before, I think the reason I put the Orioles in number 22 is because of how horrendous their bullpen is. Number 14, I'm going to have the... Excuse me, we're on number 15 somewhere. Come on. Number 15, we're going to have the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners are one of the best rosters. Julio Rodriguez, but their weakness is bullpen. Like I said, for many of these teams, their weakness is bullpen. Number 14, I'm going to have the Los Angeles Angels. A team cannot have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani just driving in runs. It has to be a team effort, guys. Now, they have some good players like Jared Walsh, and they have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, obviously two of the best players in the entire MLB. It's not even close. All right? Moving on to number 13, we got the St. Louis Cardinals, which surprises me. My apologies, guys. I almost forgot to tell you where I got this from. I got this from the MLB Power... I got the MLB Power Rankings from a website called Odds Shark. And these are their power rankings. I completely forgot about that. My apologies, guys. Number four, number 13, obviously St. Louis Cardinals. I already said that. Both Missouri teams being in the top 20 surprises me. You know, the Cardinals, they lost Yadier Molina. They lost Albert Pujols to retirement. They're going to lose Adam Wainwright after this year, and their team needs time to develop. I don't really agree with this. And number 12, Miami Marlins. Yes, they have a good roster. They've got a Good lineup, but there's something about them that just uh, just frustrates the heck out of me. It's their pitching. Their pitching is absolutely horrible. Yes, they have good players like Pablo Lopez. You also have Sandy Alcantara, one of the best pitchers in the entire MLB. But still, 
They have no pitching. If you have a lineup that scores runs left and right, left and right, and you cannot pitch the ball, you cannot win. Pitching wins games. Also, defense wins games. Number 11, I'm going to have the San Francisco Giants. The Giants have a good roster. You know, they've got a decent enough lineup. They've got a very solid bullpen. They've got good young players. This is a good spot for them right now. Number 10, the Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series a couple years ago, actually. The Atlanta Braves are a good team. All right, that's just... Let's just get that out of the way. The Braves are a good team. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Eddie Rosario, Matt Olson. That is a stacked lineup, one through four. Number nine, Milwaukee Brewers. Why are they so high? I don't get that. The only good player they have right now on that team is Christian Yelich, and he's kind of regressed. Number eight, we got the Chicago Cubs. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I am not putting the Cubs at number eight, and I'll tell you why. Yes, they have a good roster. They they have a good lineup, of course, but they've got very old players on their team, like Eric Hosmer, who's been around ever since 2011. He's been playing in the big leagues for 12 years. Cody Bellinger's regressed ever since his rookie season. I don't I don't like that whatsoever. At number seven, I'm gonna have the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's be honest. The Blue Jays, they belong here. Their lineup is stacked. I mean, think about it. You got Whit Merrifield, solid versatility. Solid versatility player, you know. You also got Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, you got Kevin Biggio. You got some good players on that team. Also, their rotation is pretty good with Jose Barrios. You also have Kevin Gosman. At number five, excuse me, number six, the San Diego Padres. I agree with that. I agree with it because their lineup is stacked. You know, they've got Fernando Tazis Jr. They're going to get back after the first 20 games. They're also going to get back, excuse me, they also re-signed. They extended Manny Machado. They signed Xander Bogarts. They even gave Juan Soto a contract. And if you have those players on your team, you're going to win most of the time. Number five, Los Angeles Dodgers. I like that. Number four, Houston Astros. I like that as well. Number three, New York Yankees. I like that as well. Number two, Cleveland Guardians. I agree with that. And finally, rounding it out, number one is the New York Mets. I like this. This list is very solid, you know. Let's talk about some of the changes that have occurred this season compared this spring training compared to the last spring training. In 2022, the time of game was 3 hours and 1 minute for spring training. 2023 Two hours and 36 minutes. Guys, that's 25 minutes faster. Runs per game up from 10.6 in 2022 to 11 in 2023. So it's a slight increase. Stolen base attempts per game. 2022, there were 1.6 stolen stolen base attempts per game. 2023, 2.4. So also a slight increase. Batting average on balls in play on ground balls. I know that's a mouthful to say, but you'll understand it. 2022, 235. All right. 2023, 258. The strikeout rate is also down from 23.9 in 2022, like I said, to 23.1% in 2023. So there's more singles, stolen bases, and runs. And it's 25 minutes faster. All right, guys, we're going to we're gonna take a quick break. Coming up, I'll be talking about the World Baseball Classic, what has happened since my last show. Plus, I'll preview the upcoming matchup tonight in the final matchup. You're listening to Inside the Diamond right here on UCM The Beat.
2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. That number is way too high. That's why the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available to all men. Call 988 if you are struggling. You're not alone. There is help. One in nine people worldwide go to bed hungry each night. That's why UCM students and faculty are encouraged to visit the UCM Campus Cupboard. Campus Cupboard is a volunteer-based charity dedicated to alleviating hunger and financial burdens in the UCM community. Any UCM faculty, staff member, or student who presents a valid ID may select 10 items per week from Campus Covered. Campus Covered is located in the lower level of the UCM Student Rec and Wellness Center and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 3 to 5.30 p.m. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. All right, guys, welcome back to Inside the Diamond. Let's talk about the World Baseball Classic. Now, guys, we have had some incredible games, all right? Cuba, first off, let's go over what has happened ever since my last show, which, for those of you who do not remember, my last show was on March 14th. Venezuela beat Nicaragua 4-1. to Jose Altuve went 0-3 with a walk. And a strikeout. Luis Arise also went 0 for 2 with two strikeouts and a walk. Anthony Santander went 2 for 2 with two walks and an RBI for Venezuela. Canada beat Colombia 5 to nothing. Freddie Freeman went 0 for 2. Bo Naylor went 1 for 5. Tyler O'Neill went 2 for 4. Otto Lopez extended the Canada lead in the ninth inning with a three run homer. Bo Naylor drove in Tyler O'Neill to start the scoring for Canada. Owen Casey then singled in Otto Lopez in the eighth inning. The Dominican Republic beat Israel 10 to nothing. I'm not surprised there. The Dominican the Dominican Republic has one of the best rosters in the entire World Baseball Classic. Eloy Jimenez singled in, Juan Soto in the first, Manny Machado homered in the second, along with Ketel Marte doubling in, Rafael Devers, Julio Rodriguez doubled in, Gary Sanchez and Jaime Candelario. Manny Machado had another two RBIs as he drove in Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez with a single. Robinson Cano and Gene Tagara both combined for three RBIs. Cano had a single to drive in Jeremy Pena. And then Gene Sangara hit a ground rule double to drive in Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz. Mexico beat Britain 2-1. Alexis Wilson drove in both runs for Mexico. Scored one in the second and one in the seventh. Great Britain's one run came in the sixth inning on a RBI ground out. Moving on to March 15th, Venezuela beat Israel 5-1. Puerto Rico beat the Dominican Republic 5-2, and that's where Edwin Diaz got injured, unfortunately. After he struck out the side, he jumped up to celebrate and landed awkwardly on his knee. He needed to be helped off the field. Venezuela beat Israel 5-1. I think I already said that. Mexico beat Canada 10-3. The USA beat Colombia 3-2. And both... All three runs were driven in by the ever-so-dangerous Mike Trout. On March 16th, Italy lost to Japan 9-3. Japan's got a very good roster. I'm kind of scared to play them tonight. I'll preview the World Baseball Classic in just a teeny little bit. The U.S. beat Venezuela 9-7 to advance to the semifinals. And then last night... Excuse me, March 19th was the semifinal for the U.S. They beat Cuba 14-2 and ended up advancing to the finals for the second straight time in this tournament. March 20th, which was yesterday, Japan beat Mexico 6-5. Now, people are asking me all around, who do you expect to win tonight? And that's a pretty good question because it's kind of tough to pick. Because both teams are very good. They've played very solid so far in this tournament. You know, you have players like Trey Turner, Adam Wainwright. You have 
Now, there are some frequently asked questions on MLB Network, and they have taken the time to answer them. So, when is the game and how can I watch it? The game is tonight at 6 o'clock on FS1 in the Fox Sports app. Who are the starting pitchers? Merrill Kelly is the starter for the USA for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He started the Pool C finale versus Columbia, going three innings and allowing two runs on four hits. Now, Japan, there were rumors that you Darvish might get the start or perhaps Shohei Otani. But instead, the team will turn to the left-hander Shota Iman- Imanaga. The Southpaw has appeared in two games in relief this tournament, so it looks like Japan's going for an opener, giving up one run in four innings and striking out five. He pitched 143 and two-thirds for Yokohama last season, posting a 2.26 ERA. Now, who are the predicted starting lineups? I'm just going to go through the U.S. Leading off, Mike Trout, excuse me, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout in center field, Paul Goldschmidt at first, Nolan Arenado at third, Kyle Schwarber in left, Will Smith as the catcher. No, not Will Smith, the actor, not to be confused with him. Will Smith, the catcher. Pete Alonso, the designated hitter. Second base, Trey, excuse me, second base, Tim Anderson. Routing it out at ninth is Trey Turner, who has had a fantastic tournament. The notable player for, there's two notable players actually for Team Japan. Lars Newtbar is the center fielder. That's kind of a weird last name, to be honest. Lars Newtbar. I wonder how much he was made fun of in high school for that last name. <laughs> Lastly, the last notable player I'm going to talk about is Shohei Otani. And I know everyone is excited about the Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout matchup that's possibly going to happen tonight, but it's not very likely to happen. I fully expect U.S. to win this thing, but Japan might pull off an upset, to be honest. Japan's got a good team. All right, guys. We're going to take another quick break. Coming up, I'll be talking about the spring training games this week and who I think will win. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat. Did you know that millions of animals are either abused or abandoned every year in the United States? Donate to your local animal shelter today. And if you have room in your home... Why not adopt a furry little friend to add to your family? Be a part of the change. Be a part of saving a helpless animal's life. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. 
brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. time in the making but it's finally here you see him the beat all right guys welcome back to inside the diamond let's talk about spring training games coming up this week but first a little bit of a little bit of news for spring training, it is almost over, and I personally am so excited for opening day. Opening day is, guys, get this, it is nine days away, and I am pumped up. This is going to be an exciting baseball season, I can already tell. But first, let's talk about spring training this week. I know, I know, spring training this week. Or any major leaguers playing? Yeah, some of them are, but most of them aren't. Let's talk about the games that have already happened today. The Red Sox lost to the Orioles 6-2. The Nationals tied the Cardinals 4-4. The Phillies beat the Pi- the Phillies lost to the Pirates 4-3. The Astros beat the Marlins 2-1. And Jeremy Peña played in that game. He got a RBI. He got a double. Yankees beat the Tigers 6-3. Dodgers and Guardians are about to start. Clayton Kershaw against Tristan McKenzie. I think I'm going to go with the Guardians here. Even though I love Clayton Kershaw, he's just, I guys, he's, he's getting washed up. He's getting old for a baseball player. Noah Syndergaard is on the mound against the San Francisco Giants. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Dodgers there. The Giants just have not performed well at all to convince me that they're going to do much of anything this year. The Angels and the Diamondbacks, I'm going to take the Angels. Athletics and the Angels, I'll take the Athletics. White Sox and Brewers, I think I'll take the White Sox. Royals and Cubs, I'll take the Royals. But we'll see how that goes. Moving on to Wednesday, Ryan Yarbrough against Sam Martin. I'm going to take the Royals in that one as well. Phillies and Rays, I'll take the Phillies because Taiwan Walker is starting that game. The Braves and the Tigers, I think I'm going to take the Braves in that one. The Yankees and the Nationals, I'm taking the Yankees, guys, because the Nationals just have nobody on their roster to even try and compete. Orioles and the Blue Jays. This should be a fun matchup. I think I'm going to take the Blue Jays, however, in this matchup. Cardinals and Marlins. I think I'm going to take the... I'll take the Cardinals in that one. James Montgomery starting that one. Very good pitcher. And the Marlins just almost have nobody on their team. John Gray against Ross Stripling in... In Scottsdale, Arizona, I think I'm going to take the Texas Rangers here. The Rangers are also playing against the Chicago White Sox. And for that one, it's Mike Clevenger. I know I said he wasn't going to start, but he is. Good for him. I guess the MLB didn't find anything. And lastly, Nathan Evaldi is on the mound for that one. Angels and Rockies, I'll take the Angels. All right, guys, we're just about out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up really quickly. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Inside the Diamond. 
Join me next week so I can talk about opening day, which is nine days away, like I said, and it's actually next week. It's not next Tuesday, but it's next Thursday. Have a great day, everybody, and as always, go Royals!